How are we doing, guys? It's Matt Whitmore here, and of course, I'm here with the ever so gorgeous Keris Marsden. It's another episode of Fit Food Radio, and it's episode 81. My lord, almost at that hundred mark. Keris, are you are you here? Are you gonna say hello? Are you gonna speak? <laughs> hello. Hello, um, guys. As always, we've got an amazing guest on the show today. Um, his name is. Rory Fairburns. You may have heard of him. He's quite big online, Facebook, Instagram, got some really got a really cool profile there. And he runs something called One Year No Beer, which as the name suggests, it's a year without drinking. Uh not just beer, just kind of like across the board, <laughs> yeah. just giving up alcohol for a year. So that's, that's a good clause actually. I didn't think of that. Yeah, I, I'm sure he's been pulled on it on a few times. Does this mean I can have yeah, that? Still drink Jack Daniels and Coke. Um, but Rui, why don't you uh say hello to our listeners, introduce yourself, um, because you'll do a better job than I, and then we can get into it by the end. But first of all, thank you so much for coming on the show. I know you're a busy, busy guy. Um, it's an absolute pleasure to have you, mate. Thank you very much for inviting me on on um, on your show. And um, yeah, we, we've 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 taken a bit of time to get this sorted, but most of that was my fault. So I do apologise for that. <clears throat> so where to where to start? Um, give you a bit of background. Um, uh, I'm a I'm a, a full time broker in London. Um, I'm married to a to a beautiful wife. I've got two children, and I came across this this idea um, after I decided to stop drinking. Um, and I stopped drinking now, uh, was two years ago now. And I, I, I stopped drinking in, I guess, huge social and peer pressure. You know, I grew up on a small island off the west coast of Scotland, the island of Mull. A beautiful place, stunning scenery, um, but, you know, quite a, quite a big culture of drinking. So at an early age, I, I, I got to, I'm going to be careful what I say, but, you know, I was just a, I was just a normal drinker and, and a social drinker. I found myself going through life being a normal social drinker. I was never going home and drinking hard. I was never, um, you know, a, a worry or concern. Sure, I would get smashed with the best of them and cause an absolute riot. I'm a very, very lively <laughs> individual, and I'm the centre of the party. I'm usually the one stirring it up. Yeah. So, you know, I've got myself into some crazy, crazy situations in my life, but it's never been, you know, it's never been an addiction for me. And, and you know, many years, I'm a broker down in London. I've, I've been doing the, the job for a good nine years and life is starting to life is starting to change I'm married I've got a I've got a young child um, my first daughter and my job requires me to be out a lot and so I'm still doing a lot of entertaining and there's only so much my wife can take of you know you know being up through the night with a with a with a newborn and finding a husband asleep at four o'clock in the morning or five o'clock in the morning on the doorstep because he can't find his keys Um, yeah, so I just found it wasn't it wasn't conducive to a successful marriage, and I was getting pressure, and I, I needed to do something. So two years ago, I, I took the decision to to drop alcohol, and, I, and really, I thought I would lose my job. I, I was worried if my friends would still like me, or whether they did like me ever. But anyway, <laughs> no, um, and 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 actually, that was completely the opposite, and it changed my life so much that I've you know now created this um, one year no beer community. It's actually your wife that we've got to thank for one year no Def- beer. <laughs> A, a wife to thank for an awful lot for putting up with my shit. Am I allowed to swear? Yeah, 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 definitely. <laughs> <laughs> 
my for my lovely wife putting up for my shit over all the years. But um, so, so yeah, you wouldn't have, have sorry, you wouldn't have considered yourself as having a problem with alcohol. It was just kind of purely drinking with work, drinking with. Uh, you didn't kind of spend the week thinking about alcohol and, and kind of can't wait till the weekend type. You know, because I know there's functioning alcoholics out there who you know to most people don't seem like they have a problem, but actually when they kind of have a chat with themselves, they know that it's kind of taken over their lives in some way. Yeah, I mean. It's, it's, if you, if you talk to the NHS or, or, or health people, um, and there's a reason why everyone lies when they go to the doctor and he asks you what, how much you're drinking, mm-hmm. is that, you know, without a doubt, I was a heavy drinker slash in the, you know, some weeks in the alcoholic um, category. But I reckon to get into that category, you know, for most people, that's probably one night out, a big session. You know, you could go to a wedding and do your full, <laughs> your full amount, <laughs> if not double for some people. Yeah. But um, so, no, you know, I wasn't, I wasn't um, drinking heavily at home or anything like that um it was just it was it was just on the goal of trying to improve my life and trying to iron out these problems and in actual if i break that um to what to to break it down even further you know there's quite a lot of conflict in my in my marriage my wife's very very headstrong swedish um feisty woman who doesn't take any shit (laughs) and um you know and here i was trying to perform trying to do well in my job meanwhile you know coming home at three o'clock in the morning you know once or twice a week not very not not great and um, you know she'd get very cross, and I wanted her to to fix her anger problems. You know she's she's got a lot of anger. She's had a difficult upbringing, um, and I believed that that was the problem. I didn't believe that drinking was the problem. so. To get her to come to the table and and to prove that was the case, I decided to do an anger management program. Oh. And it was I took this online anger management program, and pretty much the first thing I read was alcohol and coffee are the two biggest uh, instigators or or um, whatever the word is promoters of anger. And, and that sort of building of anxiety. And yeah. I thought, well, fine, I'll ditch him for 90 days and I'll prove that this, you know, this is not the issue. And it was while I was trying to prove, trying to prove her wrong that I realised, holy, holy crap, you know, my life has completely changed in 90 days. I feel amazing. I, I, I feel incredibly productive. My energy levels have shot through the roof. I feel passionate. I've lost weight. You know, I'm like, wow, this is incredible. Um, I can't believe I've been sitting on this upgrade um, and not realizing it was right in front of my eyes and that's when I decided to carry on and the things that came into my head because my 90 days were up um, shortly before my birthday and I thought am I going to drink for my birthday or am I not and I thought what if I could tell people that I had not drunk on my birthday and I'm 33 years old what if I could tell people that you know I didn't drink on my birthday control people would think I am how much I've mastered this and shortly after my birthday is Christmas. And I was like, what if I could do Christmas? And that's kind of where it, where it exploded. It becomes a self-fulfilling prophecy. And something that we are going to prove with our model is that once people take alcohol out of the equation and once they go through those, those 90 days, there's, a, there's an awakening inside, the changes that happen for them. And I think you can do this with a multitude of things. You know, if you're not a big drinker and maybe you eat too much sugar or, or you have a poor diet, you can have this sort of awakening and, and it virally infects the other areas of your life in a positive way. And, uh, but for, for the people who are regularly drinking over the, the regu- uh, recommended amount, which is tiny, right, 14 units, I mean, pff, yeah, yeah, what's that? Not- you know, it's yeah. nothing. Um, for people who are regularly drinking over that, 90 days off the booze, massive game changer. You've no idea. So that's uh, that's really interesting that you, you're saying the kind of small milestones that you set yourself. Because often, um, I mean, one of the reasons we came across you as a client that I was working with mentioned you. Uh, because I have to often suggest to a lot of clients um, just an elimination phase with alcohol. 
Um, if I'm trying to get them well, that might be kind of their digestive system or their mood health or energy, anything, weight loss as well. And often I'm, I, I find myself in negotiations with them because it's kind of like, yeah, but I've got this party coming up. I've got this event. I've got that event. And when Matt and I worked as personal trainers, you often used to say to people, because they talk about work events, you're not actually paid <laughs> to drink. Yeah. But actually the feedback we got was there was a huge amount of peer pressure at these events, especially mm-hmm. work events and kind of uh, whining and dining of clients, it was almost unacceptable to abstain at these events. And we found that Massive. really difficult to comprehend, didn't we? Yeah. Obviously, it doesn't, yeah. that's not part, that's not kind of in our industry. I mean, I think it takes, because uh, I mean, and, and like Keris mentioned, like it's, it's, it's the same with, with nutrition. And I think if you're in a, a group gathering, you know, be it social, work related, and if there's food and there's drink involved, if you kind of make the statement of, oh, I'm not drinking tonight or I'm not touching the bread basket or whatever it is, it causes uproar amongst people like, oh, my, oh, what, what, what's going on? And if you're a woman and you say you're not drinking, you're pregnant, you're pregnant. Yeah, yeah. Oh, God, like, that's the only reason that you wouldn't be drinking tonight. Yeah. And um, and I suppose I mean that was quite the... a lot of disdain from people, isn't there? Yeah, right? it's almost oh, the... violent. Yeah. I mean, aggressive. What? What's wrong with you? Exactly. Yeah. And and that was a big thing I wanted to focus on uh, on this chat. Really, is because I think peer pressure is such a big deal. It's such a powerful thing that I think most people struggle to overcome so what would you say you're kind of um i mean especially you know like you say you're a broker uh drink is quite heavily involved how did you kind of overcome that you know uh to to kind of nail i mean because i'm assuming you didn't drink on your birthday no i didn't good man (laughs) all the christmas all the new year and and obviously carried on from then and, and and did my year um but yes peer pressure let's just wind so 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 for me, learning for that 90 days and then carrying on. So whilst I was on the 90 days, I met a, uh, an old um, friend of mine who used to work at the same brokerage shop and he'd moved to a competing broker, uh, brokerage, who's my co-founder. And we got together and Andy was like, you know, I've done, I've done six months, no drinking now. And I was like, what? I couldn't believe it. You know, Andy, it's basically a pint of Stella stitched into his hand. Right? <laughs> you know, it's just one of the, he's one of them lads. You know, he, he did all these magic tricks in the curry house, you know, that was his thing, you know, big boozer. He's an ex-professional footballer, but, you know, he took to the broken life well. And I, I bumped into him and he said, I've just been back to Ireland for my 40th birthday party and I didn't drink. And I was like, I couldn't believe it. You know, that if he can do it, I can do it. And it was that connection that me allowing me to see somebody who's showing me a different way that gave me an excuse, if you like, to to do it, um, to go and jump at it. And and when we, when we sat down together and we're thinking, right, how can we... How can we help other people realize this? Because we know from our own experience, you know, there's actually a lot of people who don't really want to drink. Um, you know, if you go into a, a, a works time, I reckon in the back of the mind, people are going in there going, oh, God, I really wish I could just drink water. And then when everybody goes in and goes, I'll have water, a few people all uh, order water. Or, you know, but if everybody has a pint, everyone's going to get on the pints. Yeah. And there's this thing of, like, I must, I must follow my social conditioning. I must follow because I, it affects my business or my boss is watching me or... Um, and just a side note on that there, by the way, I'm ADHD, so you guys need to keep track of the conversation because I'll be shooting <laughs> off talking about all manner of things. But, um, <laughs> so so um, we thought this was just going to be our world, financial world, you know, that 
It's not. It's in construction. We've got people in media. We've got people, doctors, nurses. Yeah. The pressure out there to drink everywhere, and it's massive. Really, doctors and, and nurses. Wow, that's that surprises huge, me. Huge. Right. But not just their, yeah. not just the peer pressure. It's just the pressure of their jobs. Right. Yeah. I see. Yeah. They like to and, wind and down. Yeah. Coping and blah blah yeah. blah. But so the army, huge pressure. You know, there's there's there's, there's masses out there. So I'd add, add mums to that as well. You add what, sorry? Mums. I see a lot of um, yeah. when's it acceptable to get the wine out, when's wine Huge o'clock kind of yeah. thing, when the kids are having their dinner and stuff. Definitely coping mechanisms. Yeah. When we sat down, we said, <clears throat> that's what we need to tackle. We need to tackle the peer pressure because we're not, try- we're not trying to um, help the, the, the people who've got serious problems. There's a, lot of, there's a lot of places out there for that. And also there's a lot of stigma attached to that. Um, so let's focus on the social element of peak performance. Let's talk about the advantages. So the whole thing was designed from top to bottom. One year, no beer. Now, when you walk into the pub and somebody says to you, what are you drinking? You've got a few seconds to say something. And if you say, I'm having water or something, you're just going to get crushed. <laughs> you know, what's wrong with you? The pressure's going to start. So you need to hit them. And you've got, you've got a small sentence to say that's like a little uppercut that just knocks that whole thing gone and they won't ask you again. Now, you can say things like, I'm pregnant. Nobody's going <laughs> to yeah. push you, okay? You can say, you know, I've got chronic liver disease. You can say these things, and that will have the same effect. Yeah. But that's what I want to design One Year No Beer. I'm on the One Year No Beer challenge, and I'm striving for a half marathon, running this, or I'm doing a Tough Mudder, or blah, blah, blah. And that's part of the One Year No Beer challenge. It's to book into a physical challenge, or for many people, maybe they don't want to do physical challenge. It's a business challenge. I'm writing my book. I'm launching my company. I'm starting a podcast. But that becomes part of your excuse. And I'm really sorry, but in this country, in this world, you need an excuse because there's so much pressure. Yeah. And, and, and so that's what we specifically designed it for, okay. to try and cope with that peer pressure. Now, there's one other thing you were saying about the peer pressure. The fantastic world of social media that we know out there today, you know, it, it's incredible what can happen in such a short period of time of getting information out there and these Facebook groups and building communities. And so when we looked at it, again, look deep diving into the science. Now, Andy has spent a lot of time in the science. He's um, got a master's in positive psychology. He's an NLP practitioner, mindfulness awareness coach. So he was bringing all this science and working with the, the his professors that he learned from, we really got down into the habit hacking and trying to pull us together to develop the package. And when we were when we were looking at the at the problem, the problem for many is an inherent learning, which we do at a very, very young age. Before you're even old enough to drink, you're watching your grandparents, your your aunties, your uncles, and all their friends celebrate, commiserate, and congratulate with alcohol. It's just what everybody yeah. does. And it's slowly drip feeding into your brain that, oh, let's celebrate, let's have champagne. Um, you know, even we had a fantastic news ourselves today and somebody said, wow, you can crack open the coconut water. It's just not quite the same thing. <laughs> <That's not laughs> <is it>? Um, and, and not just that social conditioning, but later on, you start to get into the same social conditioning and peer pressure. Other people drinking, you start to learn from at school and later on in life, maybe university. Oh, my God, it's university, a breeding ground for yeah. peer pressure building. Oh, yeah. You know, it is coming to university, get yourself smashed to bits for a few years and hopefully you'll come out with your degree, right? Yeah. And the, the pressure is pressure's absolutely huge there. I wouldn't know and I would, never went to university, but I hear from <laughs> many members. And so there's this huge peer pressure. You get involved in sports. There's peer pressure after the game to get absolutely wankered. Anyway. <laughs> so 
how do we how do we tackle this social pressure? And a lot of that social pressure is just again an inherent inside of us is is the wanting to belong, is is wanting to be in a tribe. You know, we all want to belong to a tribe. We want to be in the cool tribe, or we want to belong somewhere. That is what we realized. If we could build another tribe, a a, a fitter, happier, cooler, sexier, more productive, full of energy, funky tribe that doesn't drink, then we can give an excuse to people all over the world to say, you know what, actually for a time, for 90 days, for 365 days, I'm going to belong to this tribe. And and while I belong to this tribe, I'm going to get my shit sorted, I'm going to get fit, I'm going to look at my diet, I'm going to do all those things, and then maybe I'll choose to come back to the other tribe. And that was the premise for One Year No Beer. That's awesome. It's, it's, it's actually a really similar premise to what we've kind of done with Fitter Food in that we knew we had to make it just much more of a positive experience and mm. actually, you know, quite cool and quite sociable. And that's why from the off, we kind of aimed all our recipes. We wanted them to be healthy, but we wanted them to be things that people love, like burgers and chips and, you know, kind of foods that generally people would look forward to having. Proper pro- pro- food. Yeah, proper food. <laughs> but then similarly with exercise, we always kind of, when we actually taught classes, we were all about, right, we need some really good music. Um, we're going to add some kind of play and game kind of stuff in there and team competitions and stuff and every every week it'd be a different class so you'll never know what we're going to hit you with and some weeks you know it's team teaching and stuff and just try and put some some fun and energy back into training again didn't we We were kind of like it you know everything got too stale too boring and and we also didn't want to you know people feeling like they were kind of outsiders if they skipped the pub to go to the gym or you know be nice if they went no I'll go to this amazing class it's so much fun it's really cool and it's a good vibe and it's friendly so it's it's awesome that you feel the same it's um it's it, I think we've got to mix it up out there and um you know there's 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 a lot of the same stuff um so yeah I, I totally match with that and 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 you know for the for the alcohol space what's happening out there now is it's sort of the same thing as cigarettes you know we're getting a lot of pressure from from public health England and and other and and everyone else who who are trying to reduce consumption whilst taking fantastic tax revenue from the alcohol companies <laughs> yeah, exactly. um, and, and caught in this rock and a hard place of trying to get people, you know, trying to be publicly getting people to produce their drinking. And and so the, the, the way they're doing that is through scaremongering and, and, and do you know what? Oh Christ, another thing that's going to kill me. I don't care. Yeah. You know, I don't care. You know, in, in my life, I've done enough things. I really don't care that I'm going to die from it or blah, 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 blah. Apparently, everything gives you cancer now, right? My shoes are probably giving me cancer. <laughs> um, and, and, and nobody cares. Yeah. And so this is why we need to have another conversation. It's not and working. I think the, the perfect conversation, and it's like the conversation that you are having, is what people want now in their lives, if they want more. You know, they've got an itch and a scratch in the back of their, their mind. And it's, it's a sort of, I want more. I want more out of life. I want more out of my body. I want more out of my productivity. I want more out of my life. And I think people have been looking at fitness and I think they've been, you know, looking at diet and they they haven't quite really properly looked at alcohol yet as being the stepping stone, the yeah. first step. You know, because if you if you cut the alcohol out, all the other things start to fall into place. Mm-hmm. And and that's predominantly because the perfect example is oh yeah late in the evening and somebody says fancy a pint you go yeah yeah cool i'll nip down i'll just have one right 
and you go down to the pub, and one is like, ah, oh, bugger, I missed the train. I'll just have another one. So that's two pints now, and you think, sorry, I can't be bothered with the first train anymore. So you quickly whip them a text message and say, you know, I'm early morning meeting, can't make it. And then you think, I don't have the personal training now, so I'll just have one more pint, and maybe I'll grab a kebab in the home. And that decision, yes or no, to have a beer is now exponential. You've gone, you've had loads of calories, you've cancelled your training, you've got your fitness has gone wrong, blah, 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 versus the decision to say, you know, actually, no, I'm going to skip that and stick into your routines. You stick in all the bad habits. You're, you're eating the right foods. You're 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 doing all the right things. Um, so, it, you know, 90 days of doing that is a massive game changer for many people. Yeah, I mean, I mean, because 90 days is a great time frame. You know, like when we often work with people and they're like, oh, how long before I see like a real change and this, that, and the other, and you know, for us, we we don't want to just kind of transform someone, uh, you know, in 28 days. Like we're we we're not for the kind of like the short term solutions. We're always like for the long term. So yeah. you know, we always say, you know, 90 days. You know, the 12 weeks is a great time period to stick to, not only to see a huge difference, but actually start to feel a huge difference. So rather than just going by what the scale say, for example, like your your body will actually start to change from the inside. Your mindset will change. You'll start to really kind of reap the rewards for the changes that you've made. And fingers crossed, you know, you'll then find it easier to, to stick to and sustain for however long. Um, Absolutely. But, um, so, so just um, on. Uh, on, on exactly that point, there's many 30-day challenges out there. And, and I had done 30 days many times before because you can hide away for 30 days. January yeah. is a perfectly time to do it because yeah. nobody's got any interest in socialising. <laughs> the pubs, you know, you, you, it's easy to hide away for a month yeah. and, and to learn nothing. And then to get absolutely pie-faced for the rest of the year because you've, you're like, I'm in control, you know, I don't need to worry about it, I've done my month off. Okay, well, that's not the one-year no-beer program. <laughs> the reason why it's 90 days is because you probably can't avoid all those things. You know, everyone says, well, I've got this wedding coming up and everything else. And you know what? The more things you have, the more weddings, the more stag do's, the more really high-pressure events you go to and you overcome bigger your change will be the more dramatic your life will turn around because you are going into an area which is challenging all of that neurology all of that all of that conditioning all of that just remote you know uh, sitting on 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 autopilot you're challenging it and you're learning and going you know what actually i really enjoyed now i've done quite a few stag do's i've been in berlin at 6 30 in the morning on a saturday in the largest you know rave club in in uh, in sorry uh, large techno club in Europe, dancing my tits off with yeah. absolutely nothing apart from you know tonic water and, and Red Bull, yeah. um, and 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 love it. And it's such an amazing experience to say I've done that, yeah. um, and to say you know uh, I've I've challenged all the beliefs, all the all the what people say you must behave this way. I've, I've pushed it, and and the liberating feeling inside of self control um, when you get through those really difficult things. Is is amazing. So, and, and you guys probably say the same in your programs. You know, the 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 the, hard, the more you have to come, and the harder your battle, the better it is for you, and the more rewarding it is afterwards. Oh, I mean, I, I absolutely love that, mate. And I think you, you've hit the nail on the head because what we always say to people is, it's not that you have to give things up forever in order to live a happy, healthy life. You know, both you know, alcohol, nutrition, you know gluten, bread, whatever, coffee, you know, like like gluten gets a real bad name at the minute. And I think people get it in their head. They go straight to the extreme. Can never have bread again. Can never have coffee again. I can never have a drink again. Oh, my God, what a life's not worth living. 
And we're like, well, no, actually, it's it's more about just taking control of the situation. And I yeah. think that's something that that people struggle with because people aren't good at moderation. People, for for me, like we say to people, you know, if you want a drink, have a drink, but enjoy the drink for what it is. Enjoy the company that you're with, the celebration, the family gathering, whatever it may be. And don't see that you have to drink five, six, seven, eight, whatever's in order to have a good time, you know, and, and for us, like we often say, don't we? Like we, you know, we still like a drink. You know, we'll have like some wine with dinner. But, yeah, I was going to say that. I suppose the differences here in 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 what uh, Rory's doing is, I think, if you do abstain for ninety days, we actually did this as part of a kind of we did a gut heal and, and didn't drink for ninety days, and we've never drunk as much again. We kind of just no, we just that's completely it. left, yeah. and now it's like we can have we have a glass here and there. We're not you've that rewired heavy. your brain now. Yeah, exactly. we, we, like but more you, importantly, you've taken off. It's not rewired. You've taken off the autopilot. You know that we're all sitting in this rhetoric. This, this, this. Uh, sorry, people get very motivated by this, and I don't want to, because everybody else is saying the same thing. But you know, really, we're just a product of marketing. Yeah. Um, yes. You know, Pete Booz, two thousand and four, linked directly back to nineteen seventy eight when they decided to change the rules on on marketing for alcohol, and alcohol was marketed as a refreshing drink, mm-hmm. and and all it's followed marketing. Our 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 alcohol consumption and also yeah, coming into um, supermarkets has just been oh, like i remember i grew up in the peak district in the middle of nowhere and, and so people would go to the pub and yeah they would drink but kind of often talked about the fact that when you're in a bar at least there's kind of that oh i have to pay for another drink and you kind of know how many drinks you've had whereas now kind of a couple of bottles of wine at home people are just kind of no idea how much often they they're consuming it's just like a supermarket's cheaper and and people drink before they go out and and that a lot of that didn't exist kind of well 30 years ago so i think yeah. that's made a big difference to people's relationship with alcohol yeah, and the that's whole, the whole culture of it all yeah and one point i was gonna make before is if at the end of your 90 days of abstinence if if you know that actually returning to alcohol you don't feel in control i think your answer is kind of like it's it's a it's a total elimination and that you know there are a lot of people who are addicted so it would be it's kind of that 90 days is a great kind of headspace to think actually I, you know I, I think i do need to continually eliminate i can't do moderation and that's something that uh, you know Lucy Rocker, don't you, from yeah, Rita, yeah. yeah. So Lucy's she she's fantastic. talked about that on our podcast and said she can't do moderation and she absolutely knows that. It's just not yeah. in her, her gene pool at all, is it? But how powerful is that that she's kind of made that association? Uh, yeah, yeah. yeah. And and I think that's that's for us. Like I can't remember the last time that we ordered like normally if we went for say a nice dinner somewhere, it was almost automatic you ordered a bottle of wine. Yeah. And we always used to say, didn't we, like, oh, the second glass is never as as nice, but you've kind of bought a bottle now, so you're going to drink the bottle and and that's that. And even though a bottle yeah. between two people isn't necessarily a huge amount, we then now we just order a glass each, don't we? Yeah. You know, at dinner, and and we we enjoy the wine for what it is. Um, we enjoy the the kind of like the moment, the fact that we're kind of having a date night, which is incredibly rare these days <laughs> and and that's that's the kind of psychology we try and tap into with people like if because you know i mean i like we were chatting earlier weren't we before we pressed record like we are actually seriously considering just quitting the drink not because we feel we had a problem with it but because we 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 drink so rarely and you it's know, actually it's actually got less and less frequent as, as we I don't know. Is it? this serious considering nonsense? Let's do it. To be fair, nothing's forever. Let's just do the year. You know, if you drink that less, why don't you do 2017 no booze? 
I actually am more than up for that. But the, 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 oh, the, do you know what the weird thing the is, I, we had this conversation before. Like, if someone said to me, give up booze, and, and I'm actually genuinely all for this challenge, but if someone said, give up coffee for a year... Yeah, you'd struggle. I think that's where I'd struggle. Like, co- coffee is my... Is my... Do, do you know where I would struggle? And this, so this is really useful. I might have to do one year no beer because I'm already a little bit of an outsider at times in that... I'm really fascinated with things like gut bacteria and, and, and kale and stuff. <laughs> so yeah. when I turn up at a party, people are already like, oh, God, Keris is here. She's going to start talking about hormones and gut bacteria. <laughs> so I'm like, it's, it's the I'm hormone now, lady. I'm not drinking. It's kind of like, oh, no, no, she's really... We have to be careful not to be seen as kind of almost too healthy. I know it. Because I know people, so well. people will, like, move away from us and go, no, yeah. they've just lost their way oh, now. They God, used to be... they're them people. Yeah, basically. <laughs> so, yeah. <laughs> Right, guys, welcome for dinner. I'm not going to talk about booze. Here's your whiskey. (laughs) (laughs) Let's get smashed. So maybe I do need to do one year no beer, and then I can still have that kind of cool vibe when I rock up and I'll say I'm doing, I'm going to climb Kilimanjaro and do a year without beer. Are we on? Is that done? (laughs) (laughs) It's a a deal. So, so, yeah, the the top tips, I guess, for um, getting cracked into this challenge. I mentioned a little bit before about, about... uh, booking into a challenge, you know, it's having something, and whether that's fitness, climbing Kilimanjaro, as you said, or starting a business, you know, these things are really key. The other thing is, and this works for most of our members, but some choose not to go down this route, but there are some incredible alternatives out there. When you stock your uh, fridge with non-alcoholic beers, and you normally have a beer, you will find that percent of your craving is the psychology of holding the bottle yeah. of getting it out of the fridge yeah. of putting that fizzy thing to your lips you know and 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 having the sensation the other 10 percent is anything to do with alcohol and so when you swap out with those alternatives it's a really great way to to gently come away from it and also you know when you go out with people you can actually be incredibly strategic i've learned some very very cool techniques over the years in how to avoid letting people know that you're not drinking you know um, whether that's tip the barman 20 quid and say whatever they order i want non-alcoholic and you know him mimicking drinks walking in beck's blue i'll have two of those in a pint glass it just looks like a pint nobody's going to ask the question if you're in a group of people who you don't know what's the point in having a whole long conversation or blah 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 not drinking etc etc yeah yeah Somebody comes up to you and says, uh, or, or, you know, it's not your round. They buy you a drink. What do you want to drink? Oh, I'll have whatever yours having. Pint of Stella. Cool. As soon as they arrive, wait a couple of minutes. Off you go to the toilet, water the plants or, or down the toilet. Go back to the bar, buy yourself your non-alcoholic beer, pint again. Return to the group. Nobody knows. So there's loads <laughs> of little techniques. You know, you can call ahead, check out what what um, drinks they have there um, at the bar, at the wedding. Bring your own non-alcoholic wine. Tip the waiter to serve it to you. There's loads of loads of ideas. And if anyone's thinking or doing it or thinking about it, just jump into the free Facebook group, uh, One Year No Beer. You know, there's tons of tips, tons of tricks, tons of um, advice on, on, on living any period alcohol-free. Do you have any um, specific uh, brands you recommend? Because someone posted something on my wall recently about a non-alcoholic Prosecco. Uh, is this any good? And I was like, I don't know. Because we, we drink kombucha, actually, which is our oh, yeah. kind of um, Friday night. Again, you kind of get the bottle from the fridge, nice and cold and fizzy and... Yeah, we really like that, don't we? Well, I do. I need a kombucha. So if you have any, if any, if if any of your listeners 
are, are tied in with a kombucha brand, then um, I'd love a sample. <laughs> well, you need to, well, um, I'll put you in touch with Melanie Millen because she's been on the podcast. She's loved kombucha and she's got lovely, like different flavours, blueberry, ginger. And uh, yeah, she, she's just amazing kombucha. It's lovely, isn't it? Yeah, so there's fantastic product. Oh, sorry, Matt, you go. No, I was just going to say, like, are you, are you comparing kombucha to... Uh... I always get told off for this, but <laughs> no, because I did actually suggest to a client who was rock and roll your life, isn't it? <laughs> well, one of my clients asked when I, I asked them to do no booze, what could they have instead of champagne? And I said kombucha, and uh, they did say it was very lovely, but don't ever suggest that kombucha is a substitute for champagne. <laughs> so I was like, okay, fair enough. But I was going to ask think, if you knew any beers or wines that you've yeah, enjoyed that you could recommend. They're definitely, they're definitely. So I think I think wine's got a long way to go, and I, I, I think it's we need vinegary. more demand. I think wine has got a long way to go. Beer is there. Um, I just don't think there is any... I mean, whatever your taste, I reckon you can find a non-alcoholic beer. So go to www.drydrinker.com. friend of ours, Stuart, runs that. It's now the UK's largest distributor of non-alcoholic beers. And uh, they've got such a huge selection. And there's, there's, you know, pale ales, there's IPA, there's there's amazing, amazing drinks. There's, you know, protein ones. There's Erdinger Vice Beer, which is sponsoring triathlons uh, as as a beer fit tonic wow. um, fit beer recently launched another huh. one only 99 or less than that 79 calories a bottle um, I thought that was really good as well. So beers, absolutely there. There's so many of them. Where there isn't is in the pubs, and the pubs yeah. need to wake up. And yeah, we're working, working on that. You know, um, they, they they need to wake up and realise that. Hey, by the way, the vast majority of your people, your 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 um, punters, they are not drinking at occasions, but they choose not to come to you. You know, okay, maybe if they're the driver, but what about the pregnants or they're just choosing not to want to drink that night, and you've got no, you know, Coke, orange juice, no thanks. So they're slowly coming up I think the biggest game changer um, I can't keep using that word all the time but I think the biggest (laughs) most exciting development in in non-alcoholic alternatives uh, is a a brand called Seedlip a friend of mine Ben Branson um, set this up last year um, they were just releasing their first bottles at the, at the tail end of last year into the beginning of this year. They sold a majority stake to one of the largest drinks companies in the world, Diageo. And it's the first time that Diageo has ever invested in a non-alcoholic drink. Oh, wow. um, and, and, and it's massive. So what Ben's done is he's created the world's first non-alcoholic spirit. Wow. And it's it's um, you know it's in all the top restaurants now and bars in in London. Um, they're now distributing into the US. So he, he's he's growing very very rapidly. Huge demand out there for him. But he gets stuff from his farm. Their are family that've been farming for three hundred years. Um, peas and 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 herbs and stuff. Coppersill. Um, distills it down into to an alcoholic spirit and really it's like a well there's two bottles now a third one coming out but it's sort of like a gin and tonic alternative but a very complex drink you know what the thing is and this really pisses me off about when you give up drinking you walk up and you tell the barman you're not drinking and he you know he's like what the fuck are you doing in here <laughs> for starters um you know you can have some water mate you know and uh, and and what I want is I want I want the same ceremony. I want to be treated like everybody else. I yeah. want to see a cocktail. I don't want a mocktail. They are far too fruity and too sweet and everything. But I just want the same ceremony. You get that with the seed lip. You know, they they, they pour the spirit in, add in the lime, get the tonic water, and it looks just like a tonic. You have an alcoholic spirit. That sounds brilliant. Wow. I'm gonna look that up. What did you? What reaction did you get from your boss then, or employers, or people that would have gone out with you, kind of whining and dining? Did you kind of tell them what you were doing and 
what your goals were or did you just kind of say, I'm not drinking? It happened gradually. I think <clears throat> myself included, along with my boss, um, um, believed that uh, my business would suffer and really? possibly dramatically. Wow. Um, and it was quite the opposite. I grew my business by 50% in oh, a year. Well wow. um, I reduced my cost by 30% because I wasn't doing the same kind of entertaining. I changed the way I entertained. Um, my entertaining went from just getting smashed up at lunch and, and going out in the evenings uh, I did a five-kilometer relay race with 25 guys around the Olympic Stadium. Uh, oh, we wow. entered into that. Months of banter, months of talking about it. I now do cycling on, in Mallorca in, in, in the beginning of the year, in March, sorry, May. Um, so I just changed the way I entertain. Really? And you know what? I, I realized also that these guys don't really, a lot of them don't want to be doing that. I will say I am fortunate that I have younger guys coming through the ranks who still are doing a lot of the entertaining because at the end of the day, that's how the job works yeah uh, but but for me i really really truly believed almost without um an exception our members feel the same is that i truly believed i would be at a disadvantage in my work if i didn't drink uh, or my friends or even my family you know we, we've got we've got guys who are saying you know my wife is the one who's most upset about me giving up drinking i'm like what's well, completely the opposite from my situation <laughs> and, but, it's, but, but, but they can't understand the change and yeah. it's scary what are you doing and why are you going through this change you know this is what everybody does everybody does this everybody drinks and and that's how you be normal and you go and meet at the pub and whenever you meet people you have alcohol you want to step outside that i'm not sure i know who you are i'm scared mm. um and it actually what transpires they see the incredible changes that happen their skin changing yeah. their their i mean so I, I must come back to some of the incredible things that have happened to our members um, um from get, just from this simple decision but yeah so when they start to realize the change they're like wow i'm totally on board with this and plus you can do all the driving so um <laughs> thank you very much <laughs> oh and you don't mind getting the kids in the morning as well brilliant is there much support for people working in the city in terms of because i used to work for it was actually a trade union for the hospitality industry um and i was really lucky my chief exec was teetotal because he saw he worked in hospitality and saw the problems of alcohol um it's very kind of it's a big problem in in people that work in hospitality mainly because the hours Definitely. and so he did a lot of charity work for a kind of a charity that was specific to chefs and and waiters and barmen who were struggling with drink problems does the same thing exist kind of in the city because there must be people that are kind of actually falling into the kind of the you know the bracket of alcoholic and i don't know can you spot people kind of drinking when they shouldn't or is it just generally accepted if you're drunk at lunchtime now uh, it's much less so isn't it i mean it's much less so it's slowly 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 changing yeah. um certainly in the in the banks and things like that you know there just isn't there isn't the tolerance for that anymore so so a lot of a lot of the the, the industry is changing there's a paradigm shift going on out there you we were talking about it earlier how there is a, a shift happening as people are moving away from alcohol and 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 um to come back to the support yes i think that when you choose to go and find the support there is the opportunity yeah. there yeah. um um we saw a massive gap because both Andy and I felt like there was no support. And, you know, my my counsellor, you know, you should go and check out an AA uh, meeting um, to see that where you could head. 
if you carry on drinking or you let it get too far. And I went in there and I went, well, <laughs> nothing wrong with me then. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> because somebody got up and stood and talked about how he sold his grandmother for the last can of tenants. Yeah. Um, and I'm like, no, I'm just, I'm, I'm nothing like that. Yeah, I'm, I'm nowhere near that. And, and when I tried to find something that was suitable for me, I couldn't find anything. That was very so much I what think... Lucy said, actually, about setting up sober Reese's was yeah. she said it didn't, AA didn't serve the kind of her need at that time. I mean, that's probably a much more polite way to put it. Lucy <laughs> is very good at being polite. but um, So I, I don't want to upset people who believe in AA, um, but I will upset you because I just don't believe in it. I don't believe in alcoholics, and I think the system is completely wrong, and I'm absolutely determined to produce a system um, that will smash it to pieces and have an alternative for somebody who wants to drop alcohol. So, um, so yes, I think there's a massive gap. I think there's, I think there's a lot of a lot of people out there. Wow! If I could put into everybody's ears, let's say um, Kerosene Matt's uh, podcast literally went to everybody out there in the world, I reckon we'd have you know a, an incredible percentage of the population say yes, please, I'm up for it. Well, the, the other thing that we keep highlighting to people is that um, the alcohol industry are very, very clever at kind of, they've escaped all kind of labelling regulations. So we often actually don't really know what's in alcohol, uh, what's in alcoholic drinks, sorry. And they're changing it. I was listening to, it was actually an American podcast, but it was brilliant. This guy was kind of talking about how they're just continually adding things. So there's a lot more kind of uh, additives, preservatives. There's more um, sugar. There is more calories. There's more alcohol to make you drink more drink. There is, uh, but we don't know any of this because none of it's ever going to ever been labeled. And I think that's something that they're trying to change now. Obviously, we've got units and, and how much alcohol how strong it is. But the other thing that we often talk to, to our members about is increasingly because alcohol, the industry has just grown massively. There's more kind of pesticides involved in the growing of grapes of wine. So you're not really drinking this kind of, you like to think it's a, an antioxidant rich, you know, kind yeah. of, yeah. you know. I, I think people take the whole, yeah, red wine's full of antioxidants. Yeah, basically. Uh, a little bit too huge far. health benefit to 100. And it's like, actually. A glass of wine is worth an hour in the gym. Yeah. <laughs> it's, it's, actually, <laughs> it's now, causing people lots of people I work with come to me and say I've noticed I get um uh, you know my nose runs or I get a rash kind of uh, a rash when I drink wine and I often say it's because it's got a ton of sulfites in it now it's not it's not it's not the kind of drink that it used to be anymore the processing is completely changed and the yeast they use is kind of fast acting and that's wrecking people's guts but again most people just go oh it's just beer beer farts you know they kind of get on with it don't they and so We do kind of try and highlight that and say to people, like, it, it's it's doing you more harm than possibly, you know, it did somebody so many years ago who managed to drink. Often people say, oh, my granddad drank all his life. And it's, I don't know, it's just different. And that's kind of what we, we try and explain to people. But ultimately, I think the biggest problem is people use it as a crutch, as a comfort, as a as a kind of as a social lubricant. Is that a word, is it? But- yeah, absolutely. <laughs> yeah, social lubricant, absolutely. <laughs> yeah. Yeah, you know, yes. Yeah, it sounded a bit wrong when I said You can take that any way you like. Social <laughs> lube. Yeah. <laughs> Booze, social lube. Anyway, <laughs> sorry, I digress. Or as, as, a, as, a, as, a, as a wind down, really. That's yeah, well, that's, I, think, I think everyone has their own kind of, uh, you know, I think that's probably why when we drink normally is when we're like, you know, end of the week, having a dinner and we're like, oh, let's, let's have a glass of wine or I might be like, oh, I'm going to have a glass of whiskey or whatever whilst we're watching a film or something like that. So it's got that kind of, kind of like marks the end of a, a week. A week, and it's like, ah, wind down, chill time now. Um, yeah. don't, you know, it's not every week that that happens, but I think everyone associates different things with with alcohol. <clears throat> I suppose, like, we've kind of noticed, and again, you know, you can tie this back to food and everything else as well. Like, it's very, very similar because 
let's be honest, like people have addictions to to food in a very similar way that they do have addictions to alcohol, to caffeine, to sugar, et cetera, et cetera. They, they might just not know it, you know, if you know what I mean. And yeah. I think what, what we try and do now is, it's like you say, if, if you tell someone, oh, I'm not drinking, you know, it's, it's, it's seen as abnormal to not drink. Like you're, yeah. you're, it's, it's very weird. It's very strange. Or you must be on a funny diet or whatever yeah. it may be. No one just accepts it for what it is. Do you know what? I'm not drinking tonight. Even if you're not giving it up for a year, but that night, for whatever reason, you're not drinking, you choose not to drink. And, and we've had so many people say that they end up giving in just because it puts such a downer on their night. People kind of going at them, asking questions, you know, giving them jip, etc. And I suppose, <clears throat> what would you say to, I mean, because you strike me as quite a confident guy, quite a headstrong guy who, you know, could stand your ground quite firmly if, if you know, the, the blokes were kind of giving you a bit of a hard time for, for not having a beer with them, you know, whether it's a work do or just a catch up. But what would your recommendation be to say maybe uh, a lady who isn't quite as confident in those situations, um, you know, doesn't doesn't feel that she can kind of stand her ground quite as well? Um, have you got any? Because I'm assuming that you you work with women as well, or is yeah, this, yeah, we're yeah? 52 percent men, 48 percent women. Oh wow! Oh, really? oh wow! Um, so yeah, which was our reaction too, <laughs> <laughs> um, because we we you know we aimed it ourselves, and um, that's it's fantastic. It's it's resonated well with everybody. Yeah, it's brilliant. So what would I say to somebody maybe slightly more introverted? Um, so I'd say to everybody, prepare. Preparation is absolutely key. It's also wow. Andy's favourite word. He says it about nine million times. Prepare, prepare, prepare. Um, preparation, and that is preparing your challenge, making sure mm. your challenge is booked in, getting your story right, knowing what the alcohol-free alternatives are at the bar, thinking about the techniques you might use, what's the occasion. In the very, very, very early days, your first 30 days, before you've got any real... Uh, changes going on for you it's 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 a dangerous time and possibly to slip and especially in two weeks two to three weeks you go through a bit of a downer and, yeah. and that, I'm, I'm roughly averagely um two to three weeks some people let down as much later some people's a bit earlier but you know you go into a bit of a slump um and and you know it takes a while for this alcohol to come out of you the changes I'm not the scientist to tell you what those are but you can look up Annie Grace and she's got loads of good stuff stuff on on this naked mind about um all the science behind it um, um what what actually changes in your body so um you know if in the early days can you avoid it um is, is is the is the worst case but while you're there and while you're dealing with people you know it's actually the first drink it's the first drink that you need to get past um and after that inevitably people get into their own maybe the first two drinks and then once they've had two, they don't care. And also they're not yeah. really noticing. So you could be doing the mimic drink and, and, and pretending to be drinking what it is. Mm -hmm. So you could arrive late so that they're already on their first drink. You could always make sure that you're ordering your own. You could come up with a very, very strong excuse, you know, and say, I am pregnant. <laughs> that might be a bit, um, <laughs> bit harsh, but, um, or, you know, or say something that you're having some medical problem. In the early days, I would say um, really prepare and and be careful, and then later on it'll be it just gets so much easier. And every time this is the this is the biggest key. Every time you get over a little lump or a little bit or you achieve a little bit, it becomes so easier and easier and easier. 
And I guess the other thing is geared this whole thing up that if you wanted to choose to go alcohol-free for life, you could. And we gave you the tools for that. So we started with the 30-day challenge, which is really just the 90-day challenge. You know, the, the, the emails will keep coming to you because we want you to carry on. And we want people to, to you know, if they get at the end of 90 days, you know, actually, they want to carry on. 86% of our members who do 90 days that's mm. massive as compared to 13% mm. with Alcoholics Anonymous who changed their relationship. Even that, 96% of our members said they'd changed their relationship with alcohol forever. Wow. wow. Um, so so it's, 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 it's extremely powerful. But So for, for, for the people who are worried about getting into it, the other thing that's really important and different to AA is, you know what, if you slip up, now a mm. slip up, if you come home and you have a couple of glasses of wine and go, oh, fuck, what am I doing? This is wrong. Put it down. Put it away. I'm not doing that. Shit. Right. <laughs> then you carry on. Do they have to start again if they do that? No, you don't start again. Oh, okay. Because it's all part of a learning process. Yeah. What you do is you go, well, hang on a minute. What happened to me from that? I just went into autopilot. I had a really stressful day. Blah, blah, blah. Okay, that's fine. Okay. If you go out and have 10 pints and four shots <laughs> and absolutely blow the wind, you probably need to reset. Um, <laughs> Imagine but, being in the kebab house and going, oh, shit. I yeah, forgot. Yeah. <laughs> I'm doing you without beer. Yeah. Uh, yeah. I forgot. I forgot about it. <laughs> so, so we don't advocate slip-ups, but we do say, you know what? Slip-ups happen. Dust yourself off carry on it's all about learning you can't come and climb Everest in one day and also if you're halfway up Everest on your challenge you don't have to go right back to the beginning yeah. if you slip you you dust yourself off you learn and you and you carry on and I think that's a really important part of the psyche you know all, all the science and positive psychology proves that that if you really lambash people for, for making a mistake on their diet or, or, or eating, and I know you guys know this well, you know, eating that cake or, or having a couple of drinks, then they'll just continue to sit in a cycle of failure. Yeah. Um, so forget that, you know, it's all learning. You're working towards a longer term goal. See, I, I absolutely love that because we, we say that, that term you use there, all part of the journey is what we always say, don't we? Like, and, and, and like you said, if you're prepared, and, and you, you, you're almost immediately a little bit more realistic about the whole situation because, you know, it's like you mentioned earlier, there's always going to be birthdays. There's always going to be anniversaries, weddings, Christmases, whatever it may be. You know, those aren't going to go away unless you, you know, are just going to lock yourself away in a shed somewhere. Like, and, and I think that the more kind of open you can be about just kind of going with the flow, I mean, we, we have some people, don't we, you know, who, who message us and like, oh, my God, I was doing so well. I was three weeks in and then it was a friend's birthday and I had a bit of cake and, and oh, God, I feel so guilty. And we're like, it's a bit of cake. Chill out. You know, it's, it, it's, not, a it's not a failure, you know, and, and it, it, it won't be the last time it happens either. But I think, yeah. like That's you right. said, the, the difference is, is, is it's – it's that mentality, isn't it? It's that very much, uh, I think a lot of people have that classic all or nothing mentality. Either, yeah. I'm, either I'm on or I'm off, you yeah. know, and that one bit of cake means I'm completely off. That's it now. I might as well start again on Monday. I'm a failure. I've let everybody down. I might as well go crazy for a few days and start afresh next week. And we're like, no, no, no. Have, you've had the bit of cake. Great. You met up with a pal. You had cake and coffee. It's done. Next yeah. day, get up, have a, have, a, have a cup of tea, go for a rum, and never have a nice, nutritious breakfast and crack on with your day as normal. And, yeah, and, exactly and, and, and the thing is, when you say it, it kind of sounds really obvious. Like, yeah, of course. Well, that makes perfect sense. But to most people, that's not how their brain works. And, and I, I, I know I know we mentioned this before, but somebody might say, well, uh, well, hang on, I've got this thing coming up. I've got this um, wedding. 
um, you know, it's on my 86th day, you know, can I drink? And I'm saying, well, yeah, you know, you you can, of course you can, no problem, you know. Um, But imagine for one second being able to say to yourself that I did a wedding without drinking alcohol. Mm And, and, and challenge time. yourself to do it, and challenge yourself to do the learning, and and really, and that, that brings us nicely up to Christmas. You know, to all the listeners out there, to all you guys out there, you you, you guys and gals, imagine doing Christmas without any booze, and imagine loving it and feeling fresh in the morning, and 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 upbeat, and not getting embroiled into all those family arguments that always happen at Christmas because you've actually got a level head for the first time in ten, twenty, thirty years, however old you are. But don't. So, but- don't most people drink at Christmas just to kind of like survive a visit from the in-laws, isn't that? <laughs> <Yeah. laughs> what do you do about that, get, mate? Get through it. <laughs> to numb it. Huh? Well, actually, I was just going to ask you, do you see in your groups a lot of people end up kind of changing social circles and like even maybe their relationships at the end of their kind of 90 days? Because it's going to change you as a person and make Definitely. you reflect on on kind of, you know, your partner and and you know, what you do in your spare time. And I imagine if your partner continues to go on kind of booze binges every weekend, it's going to create friction just like it was with you and your wife, but you kind of flipped it and, and stopped the drink. Well, the, the exciting thing is actually <clears throat> we can talk about it the other way around, that when you decide to make a positive change in your life, and and this may be just alcohol, um, when you decide to make that change and it has a dramatic effect on yourself, which it will do, if you're as we explained earlier, you start to infect the people around you and they are start to be more um, conscious of their drinking. And even when you go to the guys in the pub and they see you looking fitter and healthier and, and doing these things, they go, oh, and, and they start to get more aware. Mm. And that links us back to what we were saying, which is the key to, the, to all this at the beginning is building an awareness. And abstinence builds awareness that allows you to get that control. I got sh- I shot off and the ADHD kicked in and so I lost about the questions. <laughs> Do you see people uh, like partners, partners uh, relationships yeah. breaking down, friendship groups falling apart so, because one is drinking and... Yeah, but there's there's def- the first thing I say is that um, people feel this very early on and they get frustrated. So I've done 40 days and my partner's still drinking heavily. Yes, may have decided to stop drinking 40 days, but it took you six months to come to the decision. <laughs> it took you it took you three months of thinking about it, of some questions going on in your head, of going, hmm, why am I drinking so much, or I'm not, I don't really want to drink this, or I don't really want to have to, to finally come to that decision. So give the person time. It takes time for other people to come around to, to, to your ideas. So be patient. Be patient with partners. You know, it's very, very difficult. It's really going to rock their world if drinking has been a central thing. And for many people, you know, date night, that's the time when they really connect. They have a glass of wine, they unwind together. Get the kids to bed, have a glass of wine, chat, relax. You know, and, and all of a sudden you're not doing that anymore. Doing some exercise or something completely different, it's a bit of a – it can really shock the answer to, to, to the latter part of the question, does do people change their relationships? Hell yeah, they do. I mean, we've got one amazing member, um, um, name has to remain uh, nameless, thank you. <laughs> um, and um, she, she's like, you know, I'm, I'm, I'm out. And she got out of this incredibly corrosive uh, relationship, which was making her drink. And, um, you know, how far she's come now in the nah, 10 months that she's been doing. It's just unbelievable the amount of weight she's lost, how confident she is. She's done loads of tough mudders. She's yeah, she's yeah. unbelievable. It's just so incredible. So so um, there is a, a big element of that, and not just that, but jobs. 
you know, you know what, I've had enough. And product, the thing, when, when, when somebody takes those alcohol-tinted glasses off um, and they start to make these changes in their life, they, they, they're improving their fitness. It's so dramatic, the change in their life, um, that they want to improve all these other areas. Right, that's it. I'm going to launch that business. I'm mm. going to get out of this dead-end job. I'm going to change my relationship, etc. So, yes, huge amount of that. Awesome. I love that. That's brilliant. I mean, it's that. I mean, because I think for so many people, it must be such a sense of empowerment, and that can only do good things for you, right? You know, knowing yeah. that you've you've got that you're in control, you're confident, like everything's kind of changing for the better. Like, I, I mean, that's phenomenal. I love stories like that. So we, we put a survey out, and seventy eight percent of our members offered to volunteer help give back. Okay. Wow. So if you think about you know, fitness challenges or doing these things, how many people feel so changed in their life? Or maybe it's a, it's, it's not just change because you, if you, if you, if you think, right, if I apply myself in fitness, I'm going to, I could look like that. Right. And, 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 and people have a general understanding of that, but people don't really have a general understanding of how incredible they will feel 90 days from now when they choose to give up alcohol. And because of that, they look at the end of go. No, I need to help other people realize this. I need to. I need to help other people realize it. That's and um, so that's why we're creating a small army out there of people who are having conversations, expressing doubt, helping people say, you know what, actually, I'm going to give this a shot. Because I think the first thing people think of is what they will miss out on. That's yeah. the first thing that will enter their head. When when I kind of mentioned to you, the first thing is go, oh, I won't be able to do this. I'll go here or do that or what will I do? With, you know. So you've given millions of ideas in this podcast so it's been amazing for anyone who's kind of out there thinking about it and i really want some people to do christmas booze free if possible i mean i would say i would but i only have one glass of wine or two at max on christmas day well, so. <laughs> beer, beer is not my failing at christmas it's chocolate you like, <laughs> and you look port yeah port and cheese mine's chocolate so it's, 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 I, th- I honestly don't think the alcohol will be a problem just the just the food really so do, do you well, i want to hear from anyone i want to hear from anyone who's doing a non-alcoholic Christmas. Well, so what, I'm, I'll, um, I'm, I'm always in the in the group on so social media, Facebook. So can anybody join the group or yeah. do you... Yeah, so anybody can. Well, I'm going to join yeah. the group. Yeah, yeah, just it. jump in. One year, no beer, it's free to join. It's a closed group, so the, <laughs> all the conversations with the members are private. Um, we can't get past the fact there's still a stigma out there. Mm-hmm. Um, but, yeah, absolutely free to join the group. And Brilliant. then um, for all the all the stuff, all the science, you know, Andy and I spent a lot of money, a lot of time, and with a lot of some incredible minds in the country to develop the, the challenge. Um, so that's video course, audio course to support you. Um, we've got our own podcasts. Um, all that stuff uh, is up at oneyearnobeer.com. So if you're choosing to do the 90-day challenge, get up there and get signed and um, let's go out there and smash this. Awesome. Love it. Love it, mate. Um, and do you have a, a general kind of Facebook page where people can uh, just learn more about you and you guys, what yes. you're doing? Same, One Year No Beer. Yeah. One Year No Beer Facebook Twitter, page. Instagram, you... Snapchat, anything else? OYMB UK on Instagram, One Year No Beer. LinkedIn, Brewery Fairbairns. Is your, is your Instagram just loads of non-alcoholic <laughs> beverages? <laughs> <laughs> um, inspiring pictures of being up in the morning, of, right, um, of living life, of, awesome. of feeling vitality, you know, being with family, of, of... Oh, I love it. You know, all the good stuff. Do you know what? I mean, that, that to me is so powerful because, I mean, coincidentally, this morning when I was walking Hamish, our dog, and it was a lovely... Hamish, good name. We, we got him from Edinburgh, actually. He's yeah. a, oh, really? He's, he's a, he's a, he's a Scottish dog. He's Edinburghish. Yeah. <laughs> is that a Scotty dog? 
No, he's a Bavarian mountain hound, so he's not really Scottish. Hamish. Yeah. <laughs> Listen, this is the new world. Just because he's a Bavarian mountain hound doesn't mean he's not Scottish. <laughs> exactly, exactly. And funnily enough, just whilst we're talking about dogs, I was in a pet shop yesterday looking for some treats for him, and there's doggy beer. Oh, what? Oh my God. You're joking. It's not non-alcoholic, obviously, and it's all like, <laughs> it's some kind of like malt thing with... Can't sell enough um, to the humans. But, Quick, sell some to the dogs. Oh, no, well, no. well, the funny thing is, it does say on the thing, it says um, um, okay for humans to consume, just in case you fancy a bit, I guess. But, yeah, there you go. Um, I don't mind a dog biscuit now and again, so... <laughs> I can have a beer with my dog biscuit now. Do you know what? I think anybody that says they haven't had a try of, like, one of their dog's biscuits is lying. I have not That's had a try of my dog's biscuits. Nonsense. You're lying. <laughs> <laughs> You, you, you know what kind of colour of a man is, depending on what he's gone. You know, if it's just the Bonio, the light-coloured one, fine. But if he's gone to the charcoal, then yes, I've done the charcoal. Well, I, I tried a bit of uh, Hamish's because it was uh, it was venison and blueberry, like a venison and blueberry like dried treat. And I thought well, that sounds epic, <laughs> and it wasn't half bad. It wasn't half bad. I've lost my train of thought. What was I saying? Um, yeah. So, oh yeah, that was it. I was out on a walk with Hamish. It was a beautiful, crisp morning, and like you just said about just, I felt so grateful to be out early walking my dog and I felt so appreciative of my surroundings and I never used to be that way and it's it's, it's a nice feeling it's kind of like a really great way to start your day and I can imagine that you know if you you start to feel like that every day um you know for for 90 days and beyond that becomes as kind of I suppose it not addictive as alcohol you kind of crave that in the end don't you so Um, I will listen, mate. Thank you so much. It's been it's been cracking chatting to you. Yeah. Um, thank you very much for having me on. It's been an absolute pleasure. Thanks, guys. Brilliant, buddy. Thanks thank again, you. and speak to you soon. Bye. Cool.